0: This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Wow yeah. right, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, we are going to do a mailbag edition that should drop about a day or so before Jets Cardinals in week five. What could be a more exciting game than that? Uh, As a reminder, subscribe, rate, review. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And if you have not yet, check out our subscription podcast on Podbean at turnonthejets.bat. Oh, I'm sorry, at turnonthejets.podbean.com. The name of the show is Badlands. Little Friday brain for me there, sorry. Uh, also, stay tuned for some exciting announcements about that show that is going to increase the availability of it. Uh, but for now, turn on the jets.podbean.com. Let's jump into your questions. As it stands now, we're recording this Friday afternoon, uh, there are rumblings that the Jets had a player test positive for COVID. However, the latest information implies that that could have been a false positive and that they are likely to still play on Sunday. If it's not on Sunday, there's a chance it could be Monday or Tuesday. Honestly, who knows? We're going to see how it plays out. The game will be played at some point, probably in the next few days, still probably Sunday. Uh, so we will go through your questions. Uh, the jets are slated to start Joe Flacco, at quarterback, uh, Sam Darnold is hurt, uh, hurt his shoulder against Denver, uh, In an Adam Gase parody that you couldn't write any better, we'll have Flacco, Chris Hogan. Le'Veon Bell is expected back, but I'm sure we'll still see plenty of Frank Gore. Despite being at home and despite the Cardinals coming across country after losing two straight games, the Jets are seven-point underdogs in this game, which is totally understandable because the Jets are the worst team in the NFL through a quarter of the season. And I think 0-16 is a real possibility. Now, weird things happen in the NFL. The Jets have generally been better, and Adam Gase has generally been better at home compared to the road where he's been absolutely abysmal. You could basically put an L in for all the Jets' remaining road games. So if they're going to win a game, it probably would come at home. Maybe this week, not likely. Maybe against Miami, not likely. Uh, But we'll see. But for now, uh, it's 0-4, and they are major underdogs against the Cardinals. Uh, Darnold's hurt. So it's not pretty. So let's answer some of these questions. We'll go about 20, 25 minutes or so, and we'll keep cranking along from there. First question from Brad Shussell. Does Gase get fired before or after the following coaches during the season after whenever? Dan Quinn, Matt Patricia, Doug Marone. Man, these are a a lot of hot seat coaches. It is insane, by the way, that all these three guys still haven't been fired yet. Bill O'Brien kicked the kicked the proceedings off. I think that the Lions are almost as incompetently run as the Jets, I would say. I could see them hanging on to Patricia through the year no matter how bad things get. And he'll get fired then, similar to when I think Gase is going to get fired. So I think they're both like morning of Black Friday firings. I could see the Falcons cutting ties with Quinn like halfway through the year. Uh, if they keep racking up losses, because he's been there for a long time, and they probably should have did it after last season. Uh, I could see that happening in the middle of the year. I'm not sure if Marone's going to get fired. Uh, not that he's done a particularly good job, but I think Jacksonville's been generally a little more competitive than most people thought, so maybe he gets fired after the season, uh, but I don't think that's going to be a midseason. I could see Quinn going midseason. I mean, the rest of these guys all probably should too, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, Next question from John Filippelli. Do you think Gase feels more comfortable going with Flacco than Darnold? Yes. uh, We've talked about it a little bit on Badlands, and there's no way to prove it. But I think Gase likes a certain type of quarterback. Uh, I think Flacco Flacco, uh, is more of a statue in the pocket uh, and could be the poorest of poor man's version of what Peyton Manning was in Peyton Manning system that Adam Gase got to coach in way back in the day. Darnold is going to improvise a little more, is substantially more talented, uh, but Gase has refused to cater his system to him. So I am sure, and we we saw signs of this before the season even started, that Gase was working with some friendly, friendly names in the media and getting some of the talking points out there. You know, is the offensive system and Gase really the problem or is Darnold the problem? And, the first four weeks have been an unmitigated disaster. The Jets have the worst offense in the NFL. So I'm sure Gase is excited by the opportunity to have Flacco potentially go out and be okay. And maybe the Jets' offense be a little better. So then he could say, look, it's not me. It's the quarterback. And if you get me a better quarterback or a new quarterback that's a better fit for my system, we'll have a better offense. Now, of course, that's utter insanity. But we're talking about the worst coach in the NFL. So, you know, there's not logic there. Don't look for logic in an illogical place. Uh, Flacco, if you think about how the Jets have scored this year, it's literally been all on broken plays by Darnold. Uh, nothing within the script, right? It's just been like crazy broken plays by Darnold, plays that Flacco can't make. Uh, so, I don't know exactly how the Jets are going to score outside of Flacco, maybe bombing a few up and drawing some pass interference penalties to uh, shorten some drives. And I don't know how many weeks he's going to be the starter. My guess is it's not only going to be one week. I could see this being a two- or three-week thing. But we'll see, man. Depressing to have to watch Joe Flacco on an on 14 But that's the least of the Jets' problems right now. Well, I guess it's not the least. It's up there. It's a problem altogether. Uh, next question from ROB. How attractive is the Jets' job with the first pick overall versus without compared to other jobs? We're going to talk about this question so much the next you know few months since this season is basically over. I think it is basically mandatory for the Jets to get the number one overall pick to be competitive in getting the top head coaching candidates because without it, I think you could argue they'll be the worst-looking vacancy. And that's because of the ownership situation. It's because of the systemic losing over the past decade and the culture that that has built. Uh, Joe Douglas has a good reputation from our understanding, but still has not exactly crushed it so far in his career. It's early, and he hasn't been set up to succeed. But it's still early. But he's not, you know, a top five GM who's going to recruit any you know H you know head coach that he wants. Uh, you have to assume if the Jets aren't picking first, but they're picking third or fourth. Darnold continued to struggle, and. A new coach is going to want a new quarterback, and they're not going to have the luxury of getting to pick Trevor Lawrence, who's considered a slam dunk. So, uh, the entire roster would need to be rebuilt, including the quarterback spot. So that, that's a daunting thing for any head coach to take on. I think the only thing that you know you could say is potentially beneficial is that, contrary to popular belief, the Jets have generally been pretty patient with their head coaches. You know, Rex Ryan was the head coach, you know, 2009 through 2014. Uh, Todd Bowles got, you know, 2015 through 2018, you know, these are guys who got, you know, five years, four years, you know, Gase even getting two years considering how bad he's been, uh, is an exercise of patience. So that, that could be one of the things that maybe potentially helps that they will be a little patient. I don't know if that's by design or just by incompetence, but that's probably it. You get the number one overall pick. You know Lawrence is considered generally the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, about as close to a slam dunk as you can get. That's very enticing uh, for any head coach uh, to come in and build around. And if you have a player like that at the centerpiece, there's more patience, there's more of a a high ceiling opportunity. And I, I know a lot of Jet fans are frustrated about this conversation, but Lawrence is just a better prospect coming out than Donald was. I don't even think it's really debatable. And I like Sam, and I like Sam's potential, and I think he will be better in a different situation. But he has not done enough through 30 games to merit passing on Trevor Lawrence. Not even really close, to be honest. And now he's hurt, so that window is, you know, quickly closing. Next question from Michael Megan: Will, uh, if you had your choice of Greg Roman, Brian Dabble, or Eric D'Anime, who would you take? It's hard to say. I mean, you're talking about three really popular coordinator candidates. Um, it's always hard to translate who can go from being a good coordinator, which is one job to being a good head coach, which is a totally different job. I like that B enemy has been by Reed's side for a long time and hopefully picked up a lot of the infrastructure uh that he teaches and how he runs an organization. I think that that is interesting. Uh, you know, you can say the same thing about Dabble and Roman coming also from organizations who've been successful recently, but the Chiefs are obviously the most successful there. It's been really interesting to see how Dabble has gotten so much out of Josh Allen and how Roman has been creative on offense with Lamar Jackson. Uh, so that that's exciting. I just don't know. Can those guys be generals of an entire football team or just design creative offenses for mobile quarterbacks? So that, that's a good question. I mean, I think any of the three, all three of those guys are going to be head coaches next year. Um, and I think the Jets will probably be in the mix for all three, but it's hard to rank them. I, my BNME makes sense as sort of the top choice right now, in my opinion. Next question from SportsFind. If the Jets go winless up to the bye week, do you think they fire Adam Gase at that time to get a head start on the head coaching search for 2021? I mean, the head start's kind of gone. The Texans already made the first move. I mean, if they're going to ride it out that far and get to 0-10 at the bye week, you almost just hold on to him to see if you go to 0-16 and, and guarantee you get the first pick. I mean, maybe they could fire him at the bye week then. That's the next sort of the logical divot in the schedule to look at. Um, but you're not going to get that much of a head start at that point. Really, the time to make a move was like after this Thursday night game or if you get blown out the next two weeks, uh, which could very well happen. So we'll see. No guarantee that you know he'll be here through the rest of the season. But it's sadly kind of looking that way at this point. Same, another question from Sports Fine. I like this one. Which Jets QB did you have the most hope for to be the franchise QB, excluding Darnold for the team over the past 20 years? Pennington, I don't even think it's close. I mean, I, I think people forget just how great Pennington was that one year when he came off the bench. It was um, 2002 when the Jets started slow and they went on that hot streak, and I think he threw like, I think it was like 23 touchdowns, to six interceptions, and like, 13 starts or, you know, whenever, whenever he did coming off the bench, they blew out the Colts in the first round of the playoffs. They were, you know, tied, I think with Oakland at halftime, in the divisional round, then it all fell apart. But Pennington was like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL during that three fourths of a season where he was the starter. Um, and it looked like he could really be the guy. Uh, he was a first round pick. They had like, let him, you know, sit and marinate in the bench for a few years. And, uh, you know, he was incredible. And then the injuries just started piling up. You know, despite that, he had a good 2004. The Jets 2004 team has slept on, but was a really good team that should have made the AFC Championship game if it wasn't for Doug Bryan. They started five and zero. They were, you know, a solid double digit win team. Uh, Pennington was good, not great, that year. Then he had the, you know, the fun comeback season in 2006. But the injuries just piled up too much, and he didn't have the arm strength to ever really be. You know, a top eight, nine quarterback in the NFL. But for that one stretch in 2002, he really looked like the guy. You know, Gino had a couple fun moments here or there, but he never really, there was just no consistency. You know, Sanchez, the way he played in New England his second year in the playoffs, you, you thought there could be a chance there. And he had a couple okay moments in 2011, but too much of his career was just over the top game management and not being the focal focus of the offense so so Pennington would be my answer next question from Christian Lynch if we end up getting the first pick and taking Lawrence woo-hoo. who do you look at with the other first and early second rounder i'm looking at help for him right i mean yes they need a pass rusher and they need corner help so you have to see how the board breaks but they need help on the interior offensive line they need a receiver uh Help your young quarterback. Learn from Mike McAdden's mistakes. He trades up to take Sam Darnold, has to give up all his picks to do that, and he takes Nathan Shepard with his third-round pick that year. Uh, and also took Foley-Falukasi in the same draft and Parry Nickerson in the same draft and Trenton Cannon in the same draft. So go get some weapons and go get some offensive line support uh, around Lawrence with your remaining picks would be my recommendation. Next question from Michael Christopher. If someone offers a first-round pick for Darnold at the trade deadline, do you take it? Also, do you think any gets traded at the deadline? Um, Man, I'm trying to think of what the deadline is. I think it's after week seven. Uh, My short answer is yes, because right now you have to assume that Darnold's going to miss a few games, and he's been pretty bad this year, and the Jets are trending towards having the first pick in the draft. Uh, And a first-rounder for him would be pretty generous considering his production to date. So to have three first-rounders is something, man. So yes, I, I would do that. Um, I think they'll try to trade some other people at the deadline. I don't know if they're going to be successful. I don't know who's taking Le'Veon Bell, Henry Anderson or his contract or any of these other guys they're going to try to dump. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with May's contract situation. I wouldn't be surprised that like Adams, he tried to get out of Dodge. You know, May's been after a massive week one, he's been like, okay, not great. Um, so I don't think you need to break the bank for him. Uh, had higher hopes for Ashton Davis, but, you know, he's been hurt still very early, though. I, I do think they look at him as sort of a long-term, you know, key piece on that defense. Next question from Danny Marino. Do you think we actually end up with the number one pick? If you ask me today, yes. I, I actually, like, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. Like, I really think they have a chance to go in 16 now, the number one pick. Now, this week scares me a little bit. You know, you get the weird new quarterback there. You're at home. Uh, Arizona's coming across the country. They haven't been playing well. I'm a little worried about this one, but after that, I don't think there's any way they go to L.A. and beat Herbert and the Chargers, who are okay. It's just the Jets don't play well on the road, and Adam Gase doesn't win road games. And then you have Buffalo, Kansas City, New England. Those are three losses. So then you really just kind of have to navigate that three-game stretch of Miami twice and Oakland or Las Vegas, um, you know, Yes, I can theoretically see them getting a win in there. And if they don't, then I think I want 16s on the table because they're not beating the Rams. They're not beating the Seahawks. Uh, they're not beating the Pats. Uh, and they're probably not beating the Browns. So, you know, the, the, the hot spots to watch are against Arizona. And then that three-game stretch with the two Miami games and, and the Raiders. So we'll see. Uh, next question from Peter Dillard. Do we need to draft a new tight end or will Herndon reappear after we get a new head coach like Mike Gusecki did? I understand Jet fans being down on Herndon. He has not played well, but Adam Gase has a way to do this to players. And you're seeing it firsthand with Gusecki, who was like a disappointment under Gase and is now like one of the best tight ends in the NFL all of a sudden. We all saw how good Herndon can be in 2018. There's no questioning his talent The Jets, early in the year and early in games, use him as a blocker. They were releasing him in routes like less than any other tight end in the NFL. So what it looks like to me is you have a guy who gets in the rhythm of the game by being involved, getting targets, particularly targets down the field, not just little screens and check check checkdowns. The Jets don't do that. He's probably mentally checking out a little bit because the Jets are getting blown out. And he's making some mental errors in the second half of games, which are dropping passes. So he's not playing well, but I, I certainly wouldn't write him off. And I a new coach and a new system, I think he'll be a valuable weapon for this team. Next question from Jesus Delopez. If we see Mims social promise this year, if he ever gets in the field, which FA wide receiver should JD target to complement Mims and Crowder along with the rest of the wide receiver group? If you want to call it that man, it's getting hard to be optimistic. We're ever going to see Mims anytime soon. You know, it's going to be five missed games, the third of the season. Hopefully we see him in the back half of the year. You know, he's a, you know, a big physical guy if he's healthy on the outside, or at least he was in college. I'm assuming, you know, Crowder will be back in some shape or form next year. Uh, They just need to add talent. You know, they need multiple swings of adding talent. The free agent market's probably going to be more barren than people think it is. You know, Keenan Allen and Robert Woods already got new deals. Uh, You're going to have to attack it through the draft. You're going to have to attack it maybe through trades or see whoever is actually available in free agency. But there's a ton of work to do there. You know, Perryman is... Looking like a bust of a free agent signing, just missing a ton of time and didn't make an impact when he was out there. So, kind of got to kind of remake the whole group. All right, we'll do one more question. Let's see. Trying to find a good one to close with, right? Has the entire – this one from a living wage. Has the entire Jets organization just turned into a bunch of Adam Gase yes-men from top to bottom? All evidence, all evidence seems to confirm this. JD constantly bringing in Gase-desired players to roster management with the QBs. Please prove my worries wrong. I can't because you're right to date, you know, trying to trade for Kalen Balage and then signing him. Uh, re-upping Ryan Griffin, who's a big Gase fan. Uh, the way they've been managing the roster, which has made no sense. Forcing out injured talented players like Becton and Darnold. Hopefully that's starting to change. They cut Balage. They're letting Sam take a week off to get healthy. I think Becton's not gonna play this week either. either. Uh, but he has way too much control in the organization. That's why you gotta get rid of him. And you know, each passing week he's here and doing bad things. It hurts the credibility of Joe Douglas in the front office too. Like this is their team and they're the worst team in the NFL. So it's a fair complaint and we need to see more to prove that your comment is not accurate. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for all your questions. Uh, we're going to keep cranking along with the once-a-week format. Uh, make sure you send the questions in on Twitter at Jay Caparoso. Make sure you check out Badlands at turn on the and We'll be back next week.